Hey everybody, welcome back to Rewrite Relationships. This is episode six, or as Matt was saying... Episode six. This is, <laughs> this is our very first, not officially not suitable for work episode. The other one said cuss words and stuff, but we're going to talk about sex today. And this is, I think, a subject that a lot of us um, kind of <laughs> like are a little bit taboo. Some people don't like talk about it. Some people do. Right. We're really going to put our focus on your sex life as a parent. We have a ton of um, experience. <laughs> we have a ton of experience <laughs> in this field. And we would just like to share with you <laughs> some things that we've discovered about ourselves and some things that have happened along the way that we think would help. Because your sex life shouldn't die as a parent. Even though a lot of people do. Right. Um, you know, they feel like they have no time for it or... Uh, you know, uh, You're tired. Yeah, everybody's tired all the time. There's kids running around, all that, and it necessarily doesn't have to be the end of your sex life, right? Because somebody that I know that lives far, far away just had their seventh baby, so it's possible to have sex after children. So we're going to talk about that today. Um. So I guess the first point we wanted to make really was, is there's, it's really prevalent to hear like, oh, after you have a kid, you're never going to get to be alone again. The intimacy is not going to be the same. And we've already talked a little bit about women and the body image issues that affect sex, but we're going to talk a little bit today about the actual sex itself. And how we can reframe this a tiny bit to make it something that is actually enjoyable and doable. Of course, that's if you want to do it. If you don't want to, that is okay. And you just say no and don't do it. Yeah, everybody's tired all the time, you know. But uh, you got to think back, you know, when you were first with your wife or your uh, girlfriend or whoever you're with right now. Um, you know, you got to remember that. Uh, without kids it was fun you know like you could you could come home and walk around naked and do all this fun stuff and not have to worry about kids walking in on you all right that's what matt did yeah i mean to to be honest we would be naked all of the time if it was socially acceptable it's just comfortable for us Absolutely. but <clears throat> obviously before kids we had a lot of freedom we didn't have anybody watching we didn't have anybody that we were influencing yeah and you know, now everything is different. Yeah, you have to watch exactly what you say around kids, what you, uh, how you uh, act around kids. You know, I mean, of course, you know the hugs and stuff like that. You know, you want to see your kids love, you know, your you mom or show your dad. Affection. Yeah, you want to show affection and stuff like that. But you know, one thing that we've kind of discovered is that having you know three, or two or three kids walk, running around the house and stuff like that is. We have these moments where we kind of, we get aroused. <laughs> or, you know, the moment hits us right and stuff like that. But we just can't do nothing in that time. Right. So, what I've come to figure out is, 
This is called... Let's start. Let's start way at the beginning. Okay. Let's go to the beginning. Let's start at before the arousal. Because I know from from what I hear, I feel like it is safe to say for women, it is harder to get to that point than it is for men. I think generally speaking, that's true. I would say so. I mean, <laughs> okay, well, like, you know, uh, pants rub me just right and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but for women, that arousal is more complicated. There's, you have to have some desire. You have to have the, something kind of accelerating you. And in our episode where I spoke a little bit about how my past sexuality had affected our relationship, I had talked about a book that I read that I would still highly recommend called Come As You Are. Pun intended, the picture on the book is a zipper that's in a certain shape. What, what kind of shape? A vagina shape. <laughs> <laughs> By Emily Ligoski. <clears throat> and the book is really about finding um, your power through sex. What is it that you really want? Because we have a ton of social conditioning. There's a lot of shame around sex. There's a lot of expectations. And there's a ton of miscommunication. And so one thing that, because she's a a sexuality coach, um, actually I'm not sure if she has any uh, actual regular certifications or um, licenses, but what she does is she works with women for sexual empowerment. And what she encourages everybody to do is what she calls the brakes and the accelerator. And so for any woman, before you're even worried about when, where, and how you might revive your sex life with small children in the house, you need to consider what is it that turns you on and what it is that turns you off. So a really easy exercise that she had suggested was think back to the beginning of your relationship with your partner. Obviously, um, the, the sparks are flying. Everything's a lot more interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's true for some couples. Maybe it's not as sexually heated. I, I do think, you know, in that beginning stages of a relationship, there's just a lot more chemistry flying around. There's not as many responsibilities. You really just have this physical attraction to pull you together you don't have the emotional bond yet yeah everything's kind of brand new everything's you got a lot of new feelings and stuff like that and then you're uh it's fun yeah it's it fun. feels good it's exciting you know try new things and all that so right this is absolutely why it's totally a thing for some people to be in a relationship and leave it, start a new one. Be in a relationship and leave it and start a new one. It's because it feels good to start a relationship. Yeah, it's everything's brand new and exciting, you know, and you don't know what's what to expect and all that. You know, I think <clears throat> a lot of people after, you know, I hear, you know, like I said, for me it was like that five-year mark. I'm going to go back to that because I feel like, you know, after five years or something like that, you know what to kind of expect and... You know, the, 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 the initial sparks have kind of died down and stuff like that. And I mean, but there's totally new things that you could totally try to fire right. it back up. Five years might even be a stretch for some people. Yeah. 
So what she's saying is think back to this beginning time of your relationship where things were exciting, you're feeling giddy, you have the butterflies in your stomach. What exactly was it about that that made you happy? What made you feel good? What made you feel turned on about that situation? And this is a thing where you're really going to have to look on the inside. You're going to have to be dead honest with yourself. And you don't have to tell anybody else. I'm going to encourage you to tell your partner here in a little bit. But while you're thinking about this and sorting it through, you don't have to tell anyone else. This is just for you. So I want you to be super honest without thinking... It shouldn't be that, it shouldn't have been this, and it shouldn't have been that. Because in one example of the book, when she worked with this couple on their sexual um, troubles, uh, the the woman found out that the thing that really turned her on was um, him chasing after her. It was the, the dating and the pursuing that really got her going, and... Of course, as a relationship moves on, you don't do that anymore. Um, For some people, it's the fact that you don't have very much time. For some people, it's thinking, I shouldn't be doing this right now. Um, For some people, it's thinking this is a really comfortable, casual moment. It could be I'm having this emotional connection that's overwhelming. It could literally be anything. It could even be watching scary movies. This is absolutely up to you. There's no standard saying you have the right answer. But think back on that beginning of your relationship and what was it that really turned you on? So the next thing you want to consider is what turns you off. And this one's going to be a lot easier to figure out. And again, I want you to be dead honest with yourself and don't make any judgments or assumptions about yourself because of it. Because if it turns you off, it just does. There's not anything you can do about it and you need to just accept that and move on so that you can be happy. But for me, it was certain types of touch. And we talked about that in a previous episode too, that it was a huge turnoff because of my past. I took it as aggressive and I'm trying to work on that. But in this moment, I can't help but experience it in that way. And I know that I was afraid to tell Matt about it because he felt like he was just showing me affection and I was getting really upset about it. So... You know, these are the types of turnoffs that you need to be aware of. It could be that you're tired or you're hungry or um, it could be a certain type of touch. It could be if you haven't had a shower. It could be um, only a certain time of day. It could literally be anything. But And this is the absolute short version. I would urge you to read that book. But... um, Learn your turn-ons and your turn-offs, women and men too. And you need to communicate these with your partner. If he knows ahead of time, if you are running short on time, he can get straight to the point. You need him to woo you a little bit. You can just kind of give him a look or a text message And then let him be Romeo for a minute. (laughs) 
And then you have two seconds to go hide in the bathroom and have sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically kind of what it is. Like, like when you were saying brakes and accelerators, I'm trying to think of my brakes. Like, what are the, I don't brakes. have any. I'm sitting here like, I was like, what, what turns me off as a guy? And I honestly, I don't know if I got one. <clears throat> I mean, even if, like, okay, like that one time that I fell and I damn near broke my ribs and all that stuff <laughs> and laid up in the hospital and I was on drugs. On painkillers. On painkillers, not drugs. Well, yeah, painkillers. But anyways, even then, I was still <laughs> ready to go. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. It is totally different from guys and girls. I mean, I could. Well, and that's you personally, too. You know, everybody is so different. Just accepting that and being like, okay, him feeling this way has nothing to do with me. That's just who he is. And I'm this way. And we can find a middle ground to make that work because he respects my space is the big thing. If your partner does not respect your space, this is a whole extra issue to work on. Yeah, and it comes down to, like we've said it before, it comes down to brutal honesty. I mean, even though that you think you're going to hurt somebody's feelings by saying something, they they need to know where you stand on that issue. You just can't go... Right, or you assume that they do know. Exactly. You can't assume that they know, especially when it comes to intimacy I think especially as women, it's like we're a little bit conditioned to think if he's the right one, he's going to do the right thing. Or he, if he knew me, he would be able to figure it out. Or he's just not paying enough attention. But he literally does not know what feels good unless you tell him. Yeah, and what's wanted and, um, you know, just, just tell him. I mean, I think there for a little bit, whenever Allison would tell me what what kind of you know turned her off and stuff like that and I was like holy shit I've been doing this you know for a couple years now and she never told me and and I always assumed that she liked it you know so that was actually a break for you yeah that hit Matt's breaks he was not turned on nope I that totally (laughs) I totally kept my hands to myself I didn't I don't even think I even masturbated that time because I was so (laughs) I was it was such a break you know, it just, it, it blew my mind that she was feeling this way. And, but I'm really now, you know, at the time I was hurt by it because I thought I was doing the right thing. But now looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm glad that she tells me these things. And even though it hurt my feelings or whatnot, uh, you know, I, you get over it and then you kind of work on that. You could work on that. Right. And with the brakes and the accelerator, you should encourage your partner to do the same and to be willing to hear what they say. There was actually, I took a workshop from this woman that's a coach for female sexual empowerment. And she talks about the wheel of consent and saying that there are things that we mutually enjoy There are things that I allow him to do because I think he enjoys it and vice versa. And then there's things that we think that the other one wants that we're doing that literally neither of us are really interested in. Yeah. So there's this whole wheel of things. If you are not honest and really open about what it is that you want and what makes you feel good then you could totally be both sitting there doing things that the other, neither one of you really like. You're just assuming that the other person wants it. 
So if you want to have sex during a stressful period in your life, you have to know what is it that you want and you need to be able to communicate that to your partner. So this is really the foundation is really just knowing what you want and being able to talk about it. But, um, I don't know. It's, it gets complicated. It does get a little bit complicated. (laughs) This part can be complicated. You have to know what you want. You have to be able to communicate it. And this in itself is a task, but it's possible and you can navigate it if you just really stay open and remind yourself that everybody has a different perspective on things. Everybody perceives things differently. And I've said this a lot before in some in my Facebook videos is that you never, ever, ever know for sure what someone else is thinking. It doesn't matter how long you've known that person. You do not know how they're perceiving that situation. So the very first step to this is just to be super honest. And then also, you know, speaking of breaks, as a couple, you guys need to have some hard boundaries because if you're open to having some really quick, casual sex, you need to say that if there's certain situations where you will or will not do it, some people will never be comfortable if the kids are awake. And if you're not, you need to just say so. You know, and that's even <clears throat> even when the kids are awake. I mean, for some people, that's a huge distraction. Even knowing that they're in the next room or something like that and they can hear them running down the hall, uh, that throws people off and, you know, that they're not in the moment anymore. And it that, is for me. Yeah. That's a huge distraction. Well, you know, when they're coming in, you know, if, <laughs> if, we, if we somehow we try to find, uh, we get away for just a minute. And we're like, hey, let's just, you know, go mess around real quick. And then you could hear the footsteps in the hall. Daddy, daddy. Daddy, daddy. It's over. It's over. You know, and I think before, I think I wouldn't get upset, but I would just be like, okay, well, this is all over. It doesn't have to end there. Right. This is. That was the next thing we wanted to point out is get over this idea of having to actually finish and orgasm. Yeah, you don't done. have to be done you you know, in two minutes. You don't have to be done. It's actually, I, I, I kind of like to think of it as uh, foreplay in a weird way. <laughs> like, even though you're doing these things and it's stuff like... It's the prequel. Yeah, the prequel. Just kind of pre-gaming, you know, getting up, <laughs> testing out the field, seeing what's going on. Um, you know, it, and it's kind of, actually for me, it's kind of hot, you know, like, hey, let's, you know, I, if the kids are in the next room watching TV or something... You know, every once in a while, like, pull Allison to the side or something like that and give her a really good kiss or, you know, just whatever. Touch my boobs. Touch, touch your boobs or do, you know, yeah, I don't know how, how, how much we want to get in depth here, but. Not too much. No, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun in a weird way. It's kind of like a game. Like, hey, the kids are, you know, watching TV real quick. Let's just kind of fool around. Just, just, you know, a minute, two minutes. And then you walk back out and you're like, huh. That's kind of that's kind of fun. I can feel kind of energized a little bit, and you know, I know what's coming later. <laughs> you know, and you just kind of do that every once in a while. And, you know, for us, it seems kind of like it works. Like it's kind of it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. But here's an obstacle for some people: is that it's frustrating to get started and not finish. <clears throat> so this could absolutely be 
absolutely be a hard boundary is if there is no way you could get over the fact that you are not able to go from start to finish in one session, you need to communicate this. That is very important. Yeah, sometimes it might not even be best to even start if that's the way it is until you can work on that. Right, because I especially hear this being a problem with men and their blue balls and whatnot. I don't do it. I don't have. A, I don't think I've ever said that. No, <laughs> but it's weird how often you see it. Like I casually hear people talking about it in the salon. Every once in a while, I see somebody post something on Facebook, and it's usually like a meme or something like that. But I'm like, seriously. You can't get a tiny bit revved up and then you're going to be mad because yeah. you didn't get to be finished. Well, wouldn't that like even ruin the whole situation? Even Right. That yeah. would ruin the rest it of would, your day. You know, you're, you're, you're having fun with your wife or your girlfriend and stuff like that. And then you can't finish. So you get all pissed off. And then she's going to obviously pick up on it that you're kind of pissed off. So that right. would ruin the whole thing. So even if you do get to have sex after that, it's out of guilt and you should feel terrible about that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people... It's a problem that some people have. And this is true for some women too. I mean, I know, I absolutely understand how frustrating it is to get kind of railed up and then have that moment taken away from you. Mm-hmm. It Sometimes you're like, oh my God, this sucks. But this is where the mindset part comes in with having sex while being a parent is you have to allow these small moments. This is a thing that we really want you guys to consider is there's these tiny moments where you can feel sexually attracted to each other, whether you have sex or not. Sometimes we have those little intimate moments throughout the day, but at the end of the day, when we have time and we have space to actually have sex, we're like, nope. Nope. We're just going to bed. Sometimes you're just too damn tired to do it. (laughs) But it was fun throughout the whole day for, you know, for me to think about like, oh, this is awesome. But then... And it's a perspective thing. Yeah. You can think of it as, we had fun yesterday, or yesterday pissed me off. You know, and I think for a lot of guys, um, they feel kind of like, I don't know if it's an attack on their manhood, maybe. Yeah. If, if, if you feel like your wife or something like that didn't finish or have an orgasm, you kind of felt like a failure, I think, for some. And I think there are a couple times, a long time Matt ago. Matt feels like that sometimes. I do feel like that sometimes. Like, oh, Even I still just, sometimes. Yeah, I still, I, I want you to enjoy yourself or something like that, you know, or enjoy yourself. And before I, I, I want to. Right. It was a big conversation in between us saying, like, I can have a good time in a short amount of time, mm-hmm. but quit worrying. I'm not going to yeah. orgasm, though. Because for me... But I it's still so fun. I could, yeah, it's fun. But I think, like, for me as a guy, I, I don't know about any other guys out there or whoever's listening, but I could literally probably finish in like a minute <laughs> it does not take long it's ridiculous but you know and i i could i i think i could always finish but when you you know you're you're revving up your wife or something like that and you're trying to get her excited and then you kind of feel bad but she had a good time but you you don't feel like you accomplished it even though she had a great time 
Right. And I think that pisses off a lot of guys. Yeah, it does. That is actually a huge problem, and it ruins sex for women. So if you do that, if you're obsessed over if she had an orgasm or not, stop fucking obsessing about it. I think a big problem is is thinking of sex as like a goal-oriented process instead of a we're in this moment and enjoying ourselves yeah. kind of process. I think most people try to just hurry up and race and finish to the end when you should actually just be enjoying it like in the moment. Like even if you do or you don't, you know, you still have those feelings and stuff like that. I mean, there's been times that we've, you know, had sex and we've never both hasn't finished, but during the time It was good. It was good. It was sensual. It, it was is fun. Fond memory. Yeah, and it's great. It, even though that sometimes we didn't finish, I still feel now that I'm I'm kind of working on this that we had a really good time. We had a good time. Yeah, and it's nothing about my manhood. If you know, if, if she didn't finish, or you know, if if I didn't even finish, I don't think she feels bad about it. Right. Those moments were not less good because of something that did or didn't happen later. But this was something that we also had to talk about as a couple, is I had to explain this. Like, hey, well, okay, so first, you know, we're kind of trying to navigate this. Like, my my son and my daughter are six years apart. <clears throat> we had a significant amount of time where my daughter was a little bit more independent. She was spending the night at grandma's and... Um, then when we had our son, you know, the clock starts over. We've got a toddler again and 18 years doing life, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so this is something we had to talk about. Like, Hey, you, do you even want to have quickies or not? You know, so we decided that we did and that it fit in with our accelerator and it felt good. Then we kept kind of hitting this wall of like, you know, neither of us would finish or we didn't have enough time or, you know, it got awkward or something like that. And that's when we had to have that conversation. If I don't have an orgasm, it I still had a good time. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I failed. I shouldn't feel bad about it, even though sometimes I did. Yeah. I like, oh, this sucks. You know, she didn't. She, she's going to think uh, I suck in, you know, bed because she didn't have an orgasm every time we have sex. But I'm starting to realize that those moments where you're you're actually in the moment and having all those feelings and those are those are pretty awesome i mean even though we didn't orgasm or anything like that it's still it's still an intimate yeah, moment and it still is things i think about and sometimes. we get to choose how we look back on it i mean because in that moment obviously we were feeling good yeah. It's after that moment that we look back on it and think about what it was or wasn't and ruin it. Yeah, you kind of, you know, after you're done, you kind of sit there for a minute. You're like, well, did she have a good time? Right. And you, you kind of start, you know, doubting yourself like, well, man, we probably shouldn't have done that or this or that. And that. I mean, but no, it's it's more about enjoying the time that you have, you know, even though it's a minute or two minutes. But it was still kind of fun. It was kind of it's almost kind of like, you know getting away with something a month-long foreplay yeah (laughs) (laughs) you guys and that's what it's like and we just had to accept that as a reality is that a lot of the time we are gonna be too tired most of the time we're not gonna have time but when we are both feeling like it we have to make a conscious decision to just be in that moment no matter what happens afterwards 
It's just us together. Kids are watching some YouTube. Let's go in the bathroom. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go somewhere. Let's go out in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've we still got a little bit of time left, and so let's talk about like. Obviously, we're a big fan of quickies and, you know, trying to let go of that idea that sex needs to be goal-oriented. But what about in the evenings, like, when we're too fucking tired? I know that Matt has kind of had some things he's had to work through about assuming that if there's not a lot of sex in the relationship, that it means the relationship is going bad. Yeah. But us as... Us as moms know the fatigue and being touched out and how draining it can be to be with your kids. And, you know, it obviously affects your sex life. The more you can communicate about it, the the softer it becomes... It's not going to ever not be a problem. You still have your limits. But if you can talk about it, there's not as much pressure. But um, we had a big contrast here. Was that I was not wanting sex. And I, I still had my own things to work through. Just because of my past experiences and the perceptions that I had that were not serving me. But, you know, we got to a point where, you know, in the evenings, uh, we never had sex. No, we just come home, take a shower, and we just both hit the bed, you know. And then every once in a while, you know, I'd put my hand over there and stuff like that. And she'd hold my hand and, you know, and I'd, I'd try to initiate something. And, I'd, and I, I, was, I was trying to get better at reading signals. <laughs> About like, Which is okay. where I should have spoke up because I knew what he was doing. But I did not say no and I did not say yes. Which would have made it way easier, right? Yeah, it would have. <laughs> I mean, like I said, and it comes back to those hurt feelings. Like, you know, even though you maybe would have been like, no, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good or whatever. And I'm like, okay. You know, and it's totally fine. And it should be fine. Right? There's all kinds of jokes about, like, oh, I have a headache. Wasn't there even an old Tylenol ad saying, like, here's here's a good reason to not sleep with your husband tonight? Or something fucking stupid yeah, like that. Yeah, something like, well, this will like, take her headache away. I have, a, headache I have a headache, so... She don't have any excuses now. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. But... You know, you know, instead of pretending you're asleep or pretending you have a headache or hiding from him until he falls asleep. <laughs> I just saw a, a meme on Facebook today and it was like Dwight from the office like peeking through these blinds and it was like when my husband's feeling f- freaky but I'm not into it so I'm just watching waiting until he goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't do that. I think I usually fall asleep first, but um <laughs> You know, we make excuses and we put things off just trying to not hurt people's feelings. When, like, really, if we could just be like, hey, I... Because there's a lot of times I want to hold your hand and I want to hug you and I want to cuddle, but I do not want sex. Yeah, and that's where my problem is. Sometimes I go from zero to 100 real fucking quick. But if I say so... Yeah, like, hey, do, would you mind just uh, holding me tonight or something like that? And I, I take that as, okay, no sex. She, it's I, hard for someone to decipher if they're not in your head. 
is that sex begins with spooning, but cuddling oh, begins that, with spooning. There's a lot of those ones with the, like, hey, you want a massage? And then, it, you know, yeah. you know that after a while you're going to start having sex because you gave them a massage or something like that. <laughs> and I didn't realize that was, like, a really popular thing until I started seeing those memes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the thing. But that is where it is your responsibility to speak up and say so. And, you know, again, it, it might be off-putting. That is a risk that you have to take. But if you don't, you're going to end up feeling disconnected and you're going to end up driving this wedge. And I mean, not just you. But you can't blame somebody for not understanding you if you don't explain yourself. Yep, and I think that since we've started doing this, it's gotten a lot better. Um, I feel a lot better because I know where you know you're coming from, and I feel like I understand. They're like, okay, yeah, this is this isn't about because I'm fucking disgusting or something like that. It's just you're just tired, you know. Right. It's about me. If I don't want to, yeah. it's not about you. And then, you know, this could go off into a million other issues. If I'm upset about something, I need to say so. But, you know, the same goes from a man's point of view. You know, women have sex drives. And there's absolutely times where a man is just not feeling like it. And so it goes both ways. You know, whoever is initiating needs to pay attention and, you know, even ask if you're feeling a tiny bit of resistance, it doesn't mean go ahead. It means stop and ask. And you you could totally possibly go through this period where you're asking a whole bunch of times. But eventually, you guys are going to open up that communication. You're going to be able to read signals better. And, you know, so the key to having sex during parenthood especially with small kids that are chasing you down with their fucking robot arms and (laughs) (laughs) trying to punch you in the face (laughs) is that you have to communicate what you want, what's going on, say when you don't want it. And you just have to decide as a, like a couple Obviously, if one person says no, there's no deciding. It's just no. But um, that is the key to it. Do you want to have quickies? Do you want to... I would encourage people to go ahead and have that non-goal-oriented sex. Yeah, just it's just tiny moments out of your day where you're just together. And, you know, even though you guys don't finish or whatever, it's just those memories and those thoughts and you're like, God, that was really, that was kind of fucking hot, you know, that just that, that quick two minutes of just hot passion where nobody else, you know, was around or something like that. And even though it was two minutes, it was still passionate. It was, good. It was awesome. And it, it kind of like builds you up. You're like, yeah, man, like this is awesome. We can just keep doing this. I mean, there's been a couple of times where we've done it, mm-hmm. you know, like throughout the whole day. We're like, God. This is just... Yeah, the whole day or the whole weekend because (laughs) maybe it was Sunday night before we were both awake enough in the evening to do something. (laughs) And there's, you know, some people that... that But you can allow that to to fill up your bank, you know. It doesn't have to be a start, stop, start, stop kind of thing. It's a continuous thing. It's, 
your relationship is a continuous flow and it's going to be awesome sometimes and it's going to be hard sometimes and you're going to be tired sometimes and you have to let allow those awesome times to just flow through everything else and just is there times like ever like you think that people get guilted into it like yes like guilted because i know a couple of old school guys that they're like no there's only three times you have sex a year that's my, val- birthday. my birthday valentine's day and anniversary and that's the <laughs> only times and then i better get it or you know they're, fur, they're, fur, gonna, fur. they're gonna be pissed off like well what if <clears throat> what if they didn't want it on that day or something like that he's like nope i still get it i'm like oh what my the God. fuck isn't all, that insane to like all guys are terrible to have that idea yeah because we were looking at it was like a, a thing from the 70s. It was a newspaper article. About spanking your wife? Yeah, like, a, well, she And better, not in a fun way? No, this is like to fucking, what is it? Teach her, teach her a lesson. Yeah, and it was in the newspaper, and it was like, you know, if I don't get my the way I want it, I'm going to take it. Like, this is like a pro-rape fucking newspaper thing, and I couldn't believe what I was reading. Right, and this guy was, like, had this shiny, smiley face and worked at the bank or some shit. And, yeah. You know, this is really an old way of thinking. And, you know, us, us in our, you know, early to mid-30s, whatever, our millennials, we are right in the middle of this shift. So we have a lot of these old-school ideas but we have these new aspirations and hopes that things are possible. A lot of us, you know, we grew up with our parents. Our family situation was a certain way. There's probably a ton of people who would never dare to ask their parents when was the last time they had sex. I asked my mom that one time. She'll probably fucking murder me if she hears this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And, um, I mean, she was honest with me and I was like, okay, but you know, as parents, we don't see parents as sexual beings, but we are still adults. We still have hormones. You guys, this drive to reproduce is so strong that human race has survived a whole bunch of crazy shit. Human race didn't survive on love. It survived on sex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking insane to think, like, you know, like, how much how much unsatisfied sex was going on in the oh, 70s. A lot of it. Where guys were just taking the shit. They're just mad about it. Yeah. Because, well, and I mean, I could totally go into all of these ideas about, around, like, the patriarchy and, um, what are the fucking settlers called Puritans. The Puritans? They ruined everything for everyone. And it's just that this idea that not being sexual has a moral value is destroying people's lives. Because at our core we are sexual beings and we can decide that I am going to have sex in a way that feels good for me. That expresses me in a way that I feel comfortable with. Or you can decide to do it anyways because you think you're supposed to or to not do it at all. And then end up getting frustrated and mad later. I mean, not everyone has a a strong sexual drive. No, there's a lot of people that, 
uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of different things to get them riled up. Like, you just can't just jump into it. Like, I feel like I'm kind of lucky. Matt where, can jump into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, if we're on a car wreck, I could look over at Allison and be like, well, we're got about to die now. soon. You want it? I got a boner. You can't let it go to waste. Do you want to go? <laughs> and like that. But there's some people that just, they have to have the right mood or. The right circumstances. Yeah. be. You know, and you can recreate those circumstances. And you know, for me, I would not say I have a slow sex drive. I feel like a sexual person. I just need to feel safe. And you know, with the amount of women who have actually experienced sexual assault, you know, and men too, you know, we have a lot of rewiring to do. We have a lot of work and healing is our responsibility and the best way to do that is to just be honest with our partners about what's going on and what we want and what we need and also being receptive to their wants and needs too you know just the same as I had stuff to say to Matt that might have hurt his feelings is that he said stuff to me too where I had to kind of be like okay and then reflect back on what I thought that situation was how I misinterpreted it you know we have to be willing to give ourselves that same criticism as well and you know I want to talk about real quick you know how like a lot of guys are the aggressors I, I I feel like that sometimes, but then I was reading some things about the other day, like where a guy was like, I just wasn't feeling sex and stuff like that, and his girlfriend actually like grabbed him, and made him hard basically, and you know had sex with him even though he didn't feel like it, and I mean he did it, but is that like rape in a I weird mean, way? I mean, you could say that it is. <clears throat> There's just a. Because I don't have a male body, I don't understand how that works, and I obviously cannot say but what I do know is that when a female is sexually assaulted she can still self lubricate and she can still even have an orgasm so I would say that it was totally possible for a man to still get an erection and to still have an orgasm even though he was having an adverse reaction to the situation because sexual assault can go both ways and that's what they were always saying, like, uh, a woman can't rape a man. Like, you know, I've heard that a lot, too. But, you know, but, I mean, even though, you you know, he's like, I think it's more of an attack on his manhood kind of-ish. Right, like, oh, they wouldn't want to admit pussy, it either. You don't want to fuck me, and then he's like, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to feel like this, so I better do it. There's all kinds of things you can use in a relationship as pressure for sex. Because I know as me, as a a victim of sexual assault, what I learned from that was that sex was something I needed to give to somebody to have value in the relationship. You know, because it's just as much psychological as it is physical. People have physical responses that are natural when you have sex. And, of course, that happens. And, but, there's... All of this emotional shit that comes with it. See, that's what I'm thinking is, like, the guy, even though he he got hard and did all this fun stuff, <clears throat> or not fun stuff, I guess, but, you know, he, he, he felt like he had to go through with it. And they're like, well, that's not sex. He still had sex with her, so it's not rape. But emotionally, he wasn't 
emotionally yeah. you could absolutely be damaged because of that yeah and, I, and that's what i've read like oh, because one it's time. never okay to be an aggressor like that if somebody says no even mid-sex they're like okay i don't want to do this it's it's stop yeah you have to stop you know, I think this was like something about like a guy and his babysitter at one time or something like that, and it was just mm. fucking weird. I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. It sounds kind of like a porn. <laughs> it might have been the day my babysitter raped, raped me. me. You know, I don't know. I'm. I don't. That's terrible. I will. I, will, I shouldn't discount. I will else's. share one thing that I don't know if I've ever told you this. And I'll share it with everybody else. And you're going to tell me on a podcast? Yeah, this isn't this isn't like something that was super seriously like. It was kind of fucked up, but it wasn't. It was. It was fucked up. Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is for everybody. Okay, I was probably sixteen or seventeen years old, and I used to skateboard down the street. And there was a girl that lived in this apartment, and she was married, had a kid, and stuff like that. I was like, okay. So one night she invited me over to watch movies and okay, oh. and this is get this is gonna get weird because I, I I actually kind of forget about this. Um, she invited me in, gave me some Smirnoff ices and stuff like that. I'm like, this is kind of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're sitting there watching movies and stuff like that, and I I really I honestly didn't want to have sex or anything like that. That wasn't that was the farthest thing from my mind. But she did start trying to you know, get me hard and stuff like that. And it was that, that thing. Like if I didn't do it, I wasn't a man. Right. So anyways, I did end up doing it for a little bit, but then I kind of did quit. And I was like, I got to go. This is fucked up. And <laughs> I, I ended up leaving. And it like every, every once in a while I think about that, I was like, that was fucking pretty much rape. Right. That was an, an, that was an assault. Yeah. Well, but I mean, I was young. I was fifteen, you know. And How old I, was she? She was. She had to be at least like twenty six, twenty seven. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was a situation, and and this is really relevant for men too. You get these ideas. I need to do this, or it says something about me if I can't. But kind of back to the point of having sex as parents. Is that you need to be super open about all of these preferences and needs that you have. It doesn't matter if it's a preference. You have to say so. Especially when it comes to sex. You have every right to put your two cents in because there's another person involved. It's such an intimate act. But it's so commonly talked about it almost feels casual like it feels like you should know how things should be and but <clears throat> you have to communicate these things and so if you're struggling as a parent with young kids trying to make time to have sex we would really encourage you to try to go for those little hiding in the bathroom moments where nobody gets to finish, but it still gets hot and heavy for a second. And at least every once in a while, try to get to bed early. Yeah. And, and it leaves you with memories for the rest of the day or the week or something like that. Like, there's sometimes that I remember, you know, what we've done two days before. And I'll message Alice and I'm like, hey, that was kind of hot. And she's like, yeah, it was. I was like, you know, I'm thinking about it. And right, right. there. And talk <clears> about it. Yeah. And, and, and be open about it. But like, hey, I really, really enjoyed that. No one wants to read our text messages. No. Well, 
they might the government does they they might want it <laughs> because it's pretty fucking hot <laughs> sometimes it is yeah you know we definitely go through our moments and our cycles and you know and that is just has to be okay if it's not a hot and heavy moment that is okay if it is you need to take advantage of it start living in that moment doing what feels good and communicate with your partner about what turns you on and what turns you off so that if you find that moment where you only have a minute, two minutes, that you make sure that you get to the point and that it's fun for both of you. The key to sex as a parent is communication. That's right. And we've kind of figured this out for a little bit and I've uh, communicated some things to Allison that, uh, you know, between us, it, it it's made things better. Right. I think. Yes. Things will always get better when you're just open about literally what you want. Don't be afraid to hurt feelings or don't be afraid to have your feelings hurt because you can always talk through it. Right. It sucks at the moment, but you'll feel better in the end. It's not the end of the world. The person you marry is the person who you are going to hurt their feelings a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're in this together. You just have to decide that you love each other enough that you're going to fucking keep talking about it. That's right. Just keep working at it. So also, that's the secret to life. So we're running kind of long. We're going to let you guys go. We hope you have a wonderful week. If you guys want to connect with us, you can find us at Rewrite Self Love on Facebook. And you can send private messages for questions. You can even reach out to Matt through there on a private message only. And of course, if you are a woman and you want some help working through this, reach out to me and schedule a free consultation call. This is my thing, is helping moms find themselves after this battle called being a mom. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have a good night. We will talk to you next week. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.